What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Podcast. Got a special edition for you today. Uh, it's trade deadline week in the NBA, so we're gonna talk about some trade ideas, whether they be serious or uh, joking around or whatever it whatever it is. You never know what's gonna happen in trade deadline week. So we're gonna do a little trade deadline primer for you guys. Um, I am your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. I got three people with me here today. I'm joined as always by my good pal, Hani Amadi. And Hani, uh, first, I just wanna remind you that Boise State is uh, first in the Mountain West in basketball. Um, and then I just wanna ask how you're doing. Uh- First, I want to tell you that it doesn't count because Steve Alford is our coach for <laughs> 10 years. Uh, and second of all, I'm doing great. I've done a lot of research for this uh, podcast, which mostly amounts to how I can get JaVale McGee and both Cody and Caleb Martin on the Lakers. All right. Well, that reminds me that I am going to let uh, Walt and Donnie do most of the talking in this podcast. But we're also joined by Walt. Um, we all four of us do do this podcast. But Walt, this is the first time I've, I've gotten to, to do one with you. So I'm excited to talk some NBA trades with you. Same, man. I love to get initiated in new gangs. So um, <laughs> glad to be joining y'all and contributing my nothingness. And let's let's get it going, man. It's the trade deadline. That's the initiation. Just contribute nothing, and you're 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 there. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes they pay you forty four million dollars for that. Oh, oh, oh lord! All right, we're a minute and a half in, and we're launching. Shots. Hold on, right, wait, wait, Westbrook is uh, hacking myself. No. <laughs> And last but certainly not least is Donnie. Donnie uh, probably isn't even thinking about the NBA in all honesty because the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl a week from the time that we're recording this. So, Donnie, are you still riding that high from that NFC Championship victory? Yeah, honestly, now that you just said those words out loud and my heart rate just went up a lot just thinking about watching that game in a week. Uh, But, yeah, it's really hard to watch the Lakers when uh, my NFL team, the Rams, are doing so well and making me happy. But... I'm gonna I'm gonna try and give a little effort here and figure out some ways we can make the Lakers better. Yeah, just make sure you don't include Cooper Cup in any of these trade ideas that we're gonna talk about here. Um, <laughs> all right, so we are gonna just dive right in. Uh, we're gonna have a lot to talk about. So I'm gonna kind of start this with uh, we're gonna go around. We're gonna talk about what type of player, type of trade we kind of think that the Lakers need to make um and then we're going to throw out some trade ideas we're going to do everybody's top trade idea and uh, we'll try and keep that realistic maybe but uh we'll uh then go around after that and we'll just kind of throw out some a bunch of different trade ideas that uh that could in theory work for the lakers and try and make them better and hopefully get the team uh, to make a little second half uh push and go into the playoffs with a a better roster than the one that they have now because it hasn't been great so far so all right, I am going to start. Uh, I'm just going to go down the, the, the list here. Uh, Hani, you're up first. Uh, what, what type of player do you think the Lakers kind of need to, to make a deal for? Uh, I think there's a couple. I mean, there's a few needs that they have. Uh, when I look at the roster, I think uh, they don't really have a good point of attack defender. Um, they've been sort of forced uh, using Avery Bradley to the chagrin of every Lakers fan in the world. Uh, in that role, they don't really have a guy that can do that unless Kendrick Nunn comes back and potentially he can be that guy. Uh, secondly, is they don't really have big wings. Um, you know, LeBron is, is sort of the guy that does that. Uh, Stanley Johnson has obviously been a bit of a revelation and can, and can play in that role. Trevor Ariza was the guy that they got this season to do that, but hasn't necessarily played um, to to the uh, I guess the, the maximum ability that, that the Lakers would have wanted. And then the last thing I think is that they don't really have a good, reliable backup big for Anthony Davis. Um, they obviously have Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. Uh, DeAndre just has not really been in the rotation for uh, a few weeks now um, and probably won't be for the rest of the season other than uh, the odd game here here and there unless he gets traded or bought out or whatever. Um Dwight has been a little bit more up and down. He's had some games where, where he's been a really positive force and some where he's looked pretty washed up. So a reliable big is, I think, maybe not the the position that most people would really look for uh, the Lakers to improve because they have Anthony Davis and, and LeBron has obviously played as that small ball five to to pretty decent success this season. But that's something that I think they they might look for at the trade deadline. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they can certainly go a number of ways, right? <laughs> with this with this roster, there's definitely uh, 
it's, it's I don't think it's a terrible roster, but there's definitely a number of ways that they could they could upgrade. Uh, well, what's kind of at the top of your list as far as um, kind of the types of players, the type of deal that they that the Lakers need to make that, that gives them a real shot to make a run um, in the second half and into the playoffs? I definitely think, uh, and this is very high ambition, they need to uh, look into trying to upgrade the shooting guard position in the starting lineup. I know Malik Monk's been playing well, but I would still uh, – I wouldn't mind if they did just make him – and Melo kind of like a combo six man and they get a, a more steadier shooting guard with a respectable shot for one um, that can bring some level of athleticism to the to the starting lineup and then the roster overall. I think that'll help Russ out a whole lot, just having somebody else that can space the floor for him and make his role a little bit more clear and kind of, you know, crank up his talents a little bit more, help out LeBron, obviously, and AD. And, uh, again, just like closing the athletic gap, man, because I think they, they do have enough score between LeBron, AD, um, whatever Russ can bring to the table, and then Malik Monk. But you have those times we've seen them against the Hawks, the Timberwolves, the Warriors, teams with the Grizzlies, teams with these younger athletic legs. And we, we just can't keep up because of the, you know, the age difference. And um, we don't have enough young prospects. There's no secret, you know, or – it's, it's no surprise how well Stanley Johnson and Austin Reeves look um, whenever they're on the court with us. And we uh, we definitely got to see if we can find a few of those guys. As it turns out, uh, 25-year-old NBA players are more athletic than 35-year-old NBA players, uh, with the exceptional LeBron James, who somehow has not lost like any of his athletic, <laughs> athletic ability. So, uh, no, I, I think that's a great point, though. I, I definitely think the Lakers uh, – need to close that athletic gap. Like you mentioned, I think that'd be a, a great place to start. Uh, Donnie, what's, what's kind of on your mind as far as uh, kind of players type of players that the Lakers should, should be looking at uh, this week before the trade deadline on Thursday. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely no secret that they need um, somewhat of a bigger wing considering the fact that Stanley Johnson just stepped on the court and became one of their, I'd say like top five or six best players uh, basically coming off a G league contract. But yeah, something like some wing, uh, probably a wing with perimeter shooting, but also now I'm saying that it's not like decent defending, good shooting uh, wings grow on trees, but it's just definitely something that they need to address uh, at the deadline, I'd say. I definitely agree uh, with Hani and Walt in terms of, you know, getting a backup big, that's definitely something they could use, uh, possibly even a backup point guard, but, you know they're definitely not going to be able to address all those things at the trade deadline, uh, especially with such limited assets that they have. So I'd say above all top of the list, I think they should be going after a wing type of player who can, I'd say most, most importantly be somewhat serviceable on the defensive end, uh, but also, you know, not lousy, uh, not a lousy shooter either. Yeah. I think in a perfect world, getting like a three and D type of guy would be, the perfect fit, because um, as you mentioned, Donnie, just, I mean, Stanley Johnson comes in just kind of as like a, a hidden gem, basically, right? Like he's kind of like a, what, a waiver pickup kind of kind of thing and hits the ground running uh, because he fills a, a pretty major uh, area of need for the Lakers. And uh, I definitely think they could use that more. I mean, we talked about this before we started recording, but like when Trevor Ariza, as, as old as he is, I mean, in what, year 18 in the league, 19, whatever it is. Uh, when he plays halfway decent, like this team looks noticeably better. Um, so if they can get a younger guy that a younger wing that, you know, can play a little bit of defense, can be at least a respectable shooter. I think it elevates the floor of this team quite a bit. Maybe it elevates the ceiling too. Um, but it, it gives them a lot more margin for error, right? If they have that type of player. And we've seen a couple of games um, kind of to Walt's point where the athletics, the athleticism has really hurt the Lakers and, um, you know, if you get a, a player like that, uh, like the Hawks game really stands out because LeBron was out and they just didn't have enough um, athleticism as part of like the backline defense to um, to really kind of defend those lobs and that sort of thing. So um, I think you guys all bring up great points. Um, you know, there's a, a number of areas that this this Lakers team can be improved. I think that they're close, man. I, I really do. I th- really think they're one solid move away from being a really, really tough team. And obviously nobody wants to to play LeBron, a healthy LeBron and healthy AD in the playoffs. So if they can get just kind of one more reinforcement that really 
kind of fits is, is a good puzzle piece, uh, I think it'll go a long way for this team. So, um, all right, let's dive into actual trade ideas that we have. So, Hani, you're going to be up first. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'll throw out some ideas at the end, but I'll let you guys kind of take the show. So, Hani, uh, we'll go in the same order. Hani, you throw out your trade idea, and then I'll have Walt follow, and then Donnie after Walt. So, uh, Hani, kick us off. What kind of trade are you looking at for the Lakers? All right, so I tried to uh, zag a little where people are zigging. Um, going for a player that I don't think has really been mentioned uh, as somebody that the Lakers might want to look at, but um, there was some reporting by Mark Stein uh, the other day that Jakob Pertl from the San Antonio Spurs could be had for, uh, I think the quote was, a quality player and a first-round pick, which to me seems like kind of a steal for a guy who is on a really favorable contract, is making about $9 million a year, um, and is genuinely a, a great rim protector somebody who can also just uh uh you know rim run and and, and uh dunk the ball and, and all of that good stuff um he'd be instantly a huge upgrade over dwight and deandre and i guess the lakers trade for that would be as simple as something like tht and a first and the 2027 first round pick for him i don't know if that does it uh but i guess it kind of depends on what the Spurs consider a quality player, because I think THC this season hasn't really been that level of a player, but uh, obviously he has a lot more potential than other guys that they might be able to get. And he kind of fits the Spurs timeline with guys like DeJounte Murray and Derek White and, and uh, all these young guys. Um, and, you know, if, if there's a guy in, in the league that can maybe get the best out of THC and, and kind of, uh, bring out the potential that a lot of people see in them. It might be pop and the Spurs might kind of see that um, as a, as a potential sort of uh, reclamation project, I suppose. Um, and just to kind of talk about Pirtle, uh I was just looking up his numbers. He has a, I think 5% uh, block rate, which is kind of insane. Um, I was, I was actually kind of looking at a similar trade for Christian Wood and I was comparing their numbers. Christian Wood, super talented player, uh, his block percentage is, is under 3%. So that kind of tells you, even relative to another pretty decent defender, Pirtle is just kind of uh, above almost everybody in the league right now. Um, good rebounder as well. Like I said, pretty efficient uh, at the rim. He's not a three-point shooter like like Christian Wood would be. So he's not really going to space the floor. But I don't think that's that big of an issue for the Lakers. Um, He'd be kind of there to to soak up fifteen to twenty minutes uh, at the center position. Either play with AD if they want to go big, um, but also just kind of be that backup, save LeBron the minutes of having to play center and having to overexert himself when he also has to be the offensive, uh, you know, hub of the team. And uh, I guess as a little bit of a bonus, his uh, he has I think just one more year left on his contract after this, so he'd be coming off the books at the same time as. Russ and uh, I believe LeBron when the Lakers would have a lot of cap space to build around AD. So, if, you know, if things don't work out and, and Pirtle isn't somebody that they can see themselves keeping around long term, then it's fine. He's only here for another year and a half uh, or he'd be an expiring deal that that would be pretty valuable next season as well. Um, I've usually been kind of against the Lakers going after another like uh, big name or so big, uh, just because I, you know, I think AD is going to play those center minutes and it's, it doesn't really make sense to, to spend a lot of money in just your front court when you have Anthony Davis and also LeBron as, as that sort of option. But I think Pirtle is just a really good opportunity in terms of what his salary is, what kind of player he is, what things he can provide, um, and the flexibility that the Lakers would still keep beyond the season. Yeah, absolutely. I it's it's really interesting just because um you know the idea that I personally have for this team and I know, you know, a lot of people um probably disagree, but I mean, I I think that they'll probably just roll into the post deadline portion of the season with AD and LeBron essentially being their two centers. Um but you you're, you're going to need insurance, right? Like Dwight obviously is is there, but um, how much you can really count on him. Who knows? I mean, he's just, he's shown his age a lot more this year than what we saw two years ago. Um, so I do think getting an insurance big um, would also really help. And one that can especially defend the rim because the Lakers have struggled quite a bit um, due to either the lack of size or just DeAndre Jordan 
really having no motor as a player anymore to defend the rim. So uh, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. So I will also point out that Teenage Mutant Ninja Purtle would instantly be the best nickname on the team, and All that right. does factor you're, into my idea. You're, you're done. You're done. I, I liked your trade idea. I don't like <laughs> it anymore. <laughs> All right, mm. we're moving on from from that now uh we're, we're gonna go to walt walt what uh what's kind of the trade that's that's got your interest i got i'm bringing the madness man i'm deep in the the trade machine street so yeah i'm gonna have to buckle up and hang with me for a moment but i'll kind of paint the picture and set the table to kind of you know show you why everybody will be interested in a move between uh these teams a three-team trade and it's of course involving the lakers the hawks and the raptors um, the Raptors have been in the market for a big, which uh, Honey kind of spoke to. Um, well, this they were inter- they're interested in uh, Jacoperto as well, and just generally getting a big on the roster. Um, they've also been reportedly interested in uh, Danilo Gallinari, and as you all know, they're trying to get off of a uh, Goran Dragic's contract and and try to get him moved. Um, so, the deal between the three teams will uh, it will first. Have the Raptors receiving Danilo Gallinari um, from the Hawks, obviously. And from us, they received Dwight Howard. Like I said, in the market for a big. Dwight's a veteran big. I think he got vaccinated, so he'll actually be allowed to play and everything. Um, and they can bring him aboard and kind of integrate him in what they do. Toronto. We'd also send them Kendrick Nunn and then our 2023 second rounder via the Chicago Bulls. Um, and from there... The Raptors will ship out Goran Dragic to the Atlanta Hawks. Like I said, they've been trying to get off of his contract. Uh, they can send him to a team that, uh, when healthy, you know, they can kind of be right there in the bunch with some of the teams that's trying to be a contender in the East. I think he'd be a, a nice backup to Trey Young. They can even like play them together alongside Trey Young, Kevin Hurd, or a Bogey, or whatever they want to do. Um, and we'd be sending the Hawks, THT, and our 2023 second rounder. Um, and I don't think we get that via anybody, but, uh, yeah, we'll give them another young creator, uh, somebody that can kind of come in cause a little chaos. They got like shooters on their roster, but they don't have somebody that can do a lot of like slashing because blue wheels, that's my man, but it's about that time for him as far as, you know, him putting the, uh, putting the sneakers up into the Raptors and calling the career. Um, and the Hawks would send us Gorgie Jane. That's a, a nice stretch, big veteran, big, Space the floor for us. He's not getting a lot of playing time in Atlanta, obviously, because they got Capella and um, Okongu. And, you know, they kind of throw out that duo, and they complement each other well in the front court. And it's just not room for him at this point. And I can easily see him either, you know, hopefully hopefully being traded in a deal, or he probably will be waived just because he can't get on the court because, you know, they kind of load at the front court. But we can take him. We could use him, you know, if we don't want to necessarily go small. And we don't want, you know, AD taxing himself too much. We can just slide uh, slide Dane to the five, let AD play the four, and just let LeBron, you know, pick and pop and do what he likes to do. It'll help out Russ a whole lot. Um, and then we'll get to the gym of the trade. I would have us land in Gary Trent Jr. We've been linked to him. I think Jake Fisher and uh, Alex Romick, they spoke on the um, NBA chats the other day that the Lakers were like super interested in trying to uh, just trying to acquire Gary Trent Jr. This is the I think it's the second time I've heard it. So where there's smoke, there's fire. They must be working the phones and trying to get a hold of them. Um, but yeah, man, that 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 would be my my trade. Who knows if that'll happen? Just kind of pie in the sky. But everything would check out financially. I would love for the Lakers to get Gary Trent Jr. Like I said, close that athletic gap. You get a starter, you get a shooter, you get somebody who can be a chaser on defense, and it's just like the perfect kind of shooting guard that you would pair with LeBron James. He really would be in like that KCP mode as far as that good point of attack defender. He can, in certain matchups, guard up, not in every matchup, but that would complement, you know, Stanley well, LeBron's minutes he would spend on like stars, you know, the KDs. Kawhi when he healthy, you know, time on Giannis. And it would just be um I think Vogel would love that. It would it would really be reminiscent of the uh, the twenty twenty team as far as like rounding out the roster with those guys. So that's my trade, my madness. Enjoy it when it happens. Um I'll let y'all tweet me, but everybody else don't tweet me. Don't even try to come for Nostradamus. Don't even worry about it. 
That is definitely a trade that would, I think, set NBA Twitter aflame. Uh, that would be kind of a bomb. Uh, that would be, honestly, yeah, great for the Lakers. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, I'm all for getting some Garys on the Lakers. Uh, <clears throat> I personally have my own Gary trade that I will uh, share in a little bit. But, but yeah, I mean, conceptually, it, you know, uh, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like getting that that starting two guard and, and while you talked about that earlier, uh, you know, kind of improving that, that spot. And if you get a lights out shooter, that's going to get wide open looks. I think we've seen that with Carmelo this year, right? Like the, the quality of looks that guys get next to LeBron and AD is just, is unreal. And it's helped guys like Malik Monk, um, Austin Reeves gets a lot of open looks. I mean, hell, Avery Bradley gets a lot of looks, but I don't, you know, I'm not going to go into that, but, um, well, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting uh, trade idea. You know, three-team trades are obviously uh, – can be kind of tricky to pull off. But, uh, it may, I mean, it makes sense for all sides. And I think uh, if the Lakers got an impact player like that, uh, you know, Gary Trent Jr. did betray me a little bit when he decided to go to Duke. But that's okay. Um, I'll let it slide. And if we can get a Gary on the team, uh, especially one that's, that's good and can shoot the basketball like he can, uh, I'm all for it. So, um Interesting. Interesting. I wasn't expecting that, but that's an interesting, uh, interesting trade concept. So, all right, Donnie, uh, let's round us out with our, our first round of trades. So uh, what do you, what do you got on deck for us? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you do have to overlook the Duke thing. I mean, the Garys have to stick together. Uh, it's hard out there for the Garys. So you, you got to overlook that little bit of a personal rivalry. Um, he, he owes me, he, he owes me an apology and then I'll, I'll be good. Okay, to Hani's point, it is probably pretty easy for Garys out there in the world, but yeah, I think so. It's also pretty. When, when do we get justice for the Hanis in the world? When do we get a Hani on the Lakers? Look. I'm willing. I'm able. I can hit threes, maybe about the same <laughs> as like Avery Bradley, I guess. Yeah, but can you reach in on defense and get burned on a drive more than Avery Bradley? <laughs> I don't think so. Look that that shot that got Russ booed yesterday. The, the the fucking off the backboard. Sorry for that. Off the backboard. <laughs> I no, could do that. I could do that in my sleep. It's allowed for those shots. It's allowed. P- people people think that Russell Westbrook needs glasses because of those kinds of shots. I know I need glasses, and I wear them. It's <laughs> <laughs> insane, man. So Hani's saying we need to trade uh, some kind of some, trade something to get Russell Westbrook some contact lenses. Is what what I'm saying? Honestly, maybe it, it can't hurt. I mean, it probably could hurt, but it's worth a try. <laughs> Lacy. <laughs> All right, Donnie, let's let's hear it. Anyways, um, I personally really want uh, Ken Rich Williams from uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, this is definitely no like revolutionary idea from me or anything like that. Uh, it's st- something that uh, Tim, aka Cranjus McBasketball, over at B-Ball Index, have been has been pounding the table for all season. Uh, and I believe uh, Cooper Halpern uh, over at Silver Screen and Roll just wrote about it. But yeah, I mean, this is a player I probably would be pretty fine with uh, trading that 2027 first rounder for. Um, and then in terms of contracts, I think it would it would only take uh, Kendrick Nunn's contract if the Thunder are fine with getting a player who has yet to play this season. I mean, they're kind of fine with having more draft picks than players at all times uh and those current seventh or sixth graders aren't really doing a thing for them so i don't see why they'd be uh, opposed to acquiring Kendrick Nunn but yeah i mean Williams wouldn't help a ton in the three-point shooting department uh he's definitely a serviceable shooter uh but nothing like you know Gary Trent Jr. but uh the main thing he could do uh, and immediately come in and help the Lakers with is uh being able to switch more uh, because he's such a good chasing defender. Uh, he's got great size. He would help them in terms of needing a wing player. Um, and he's also a very good passer and playmaker, which I don't really necessarily think the Lakers need a great deal of, but we do know that from the past few seasons. And I mean, just the fact that they traded for Russ, uh, that Palenka, uh, the GM, and the rest of the front front office loves. So I'm sure they are kind of looking at his playmaking and thinking that's something that they would love on the team. Uh, but I'm definitely more interested in the fact that he could really help this team on defense. Uh, like you were kind of talking about, Gary, that Hawks game where 
you know, LeBron was out and the Lakers very, just very obviously needed uh, another player with some length um, to kind of go on the floor. And I mean, it would have been pretty nice if LeBron was out there. I think, like you said earlier, uh, possibly off the podcast, I can't remember at this point, but Lakers probably would have won that game with LeBron. But, you know, I mean, we've been talking about it all season is they just need more depth. Uh, they've just signed too many guys like DeAndre and baseball that are just giving them absolutely nothing. And I think Kenrich uh, would be able to give them a decent amount. Um, and this is also something that I'm stealing straight from Tim, but uh, it would work out contract wise if we traded Kendrick Nunn and a first rounder for Kenrich. And our old friend, Mike Muscala, uh, Magic Johnson would tweet out. He'd have a nice little tweet. Congratulations to the Lakers on such a great trade. He'd probably point out that he uh, previously traded for Mike Muscala. Uh, and maybe he would even say, you know, people people doubted my uh, instincts then, but look at them now. A uh, little Magic Johnson vindication. We always need that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Moose has been having, yeah, that's right. I'm calling him Moose. Moose has been having a, Great three-point shooting season. Granted, that would probably drop uh, his three-point percentage would probably drop like five uh, percentage points right when he stepped on the court for the Lakers. But yeah, in the first game, in the he'd first game, oh, seventeen. Yeah, over seventeen. Uh, the Lakers' booze would go from Russ to Moose. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just really like Kenrich as a player, um, and I definitely think he would help a lot. He would uh, immediately just you know bolster our wing and forward depth uh, right when he got to the team. Yeah, no, I, I love that idea just because I think, especially with, with Kenrich, I mean, we, we both, I mean, we all know that Sam Presti and Oklahoma city love their draft picks. Right. So uh, he's a, a, a lower scale salary. So it doesn't, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to try and get a player like that. And, you know, who knows, you know, depending on the market, maybe you can get a guy like that for a couple of second round picks and, and, know a, a cheap deal or whatever um so i think as far as like realistic trades i i really like that idea just because i don't think it would cost the lakers too much like if it cost kendrick nunn like i'm probably a bigger believer in nunn than a lot of people are like i think he can actually be a very valuable member of this team but we've also basically had to evaluate the team without him because he hasn't played so it's like how much are we really losing um, by trading a player like that. So, um, you know, I think if that's like the price, I, I think that that would, for the, the reasons that, that you mentioned, Donnie, I think would go a long way for this Lakers team to be able to do that. Um, another, we can talk about some, some more trade ideas. Um, one, one that I'm going to talk about is kind of a bigger, bigger name. Um, as we're recording this, we're, we're, we're we are recording this, what, like 20 minutes post, uh, a big trade with Karis Levert going from Indiana to Cleveland, which is kind of the first indication that um, Indiana might be just having a fire sale and just blowing it up and, you know, tanking, trying to get a top pick and all that stuff. Um, so one player that I've got kind of got my eye on is uh, Miles Turner, who's been linked to the Lakers a number of times now, and I think would fill probably a couple of different, um, needs for the Lakers. We, we talked earlier about getting kind of another, a big guy just so that you know, there's not so much pressure on Anthony Davis and, and LeBron to play small ball center and stuff like that. With Turner, you get kind of like that rim, rim protector and shooter um, insurance big uh, in the same player. Obviously it's going to cost you at least Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and um, probably the 2027 first round pick. I don't know exactly what what all Indiana wants um, for for Turner if they're having a fire sale, but um, it would certainly cost more than you know, say a, a Kenrich Williams. But um, I think a guy like Turner, um, and you guys can can kind of chime in and let me know your thoughts. But I think Turner would be such a a great fit because he's he's a guy. Obviously, Jeremy Grant is another guy we can talk about that uh, kind of left Denver and went to De- went to Detroit um, for basically the same type of. Uh, same salary, right? Same type of money, but wanted a bigger role. And there's been a lot of rumors that he still wants a bigger role. So coming, you know, and playing behind Russ, LeBron, and AD might not be something that is super desirable for him. So, um, you know, I think you you get a little more backline athleticism, and and you also get a, a big that can space the floor, give you another shooter, um, in Miles Turner, and he's he's a good young player. Um, 
you know? So I, I don't hate the idea at all. I actually really like the idea of, of going after miles Turner. If it's realistic, I don't know how realistic it is with, um, Indiana and how much they're going to be asking for, um, if they do indeed go on a fire sale, but, um, I'll let you guys kind of jump in and, and your, your thoughts, whoever wants to jump in and talk about miles Turner a little bit, or, um, even maybe talk about, uh, Jeremy Grant and how realistic we think that is. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Grant, I, I probably should have prefaced. I probably out of all of the like random trade people that have been rumored for the Lakers, Jeremy Grant would probably be number one on my list. Uh, but like you said, there was that one report where it was kind of talking about like, um, you know, he wants a heavy offensive role and like, let's just be honest that he's definitely not going to get that, what he's wanting with the Lakers. But I mean, if he wanted to come in and be, I mean, he'd be an extremely important part of the team, probably more so on the defensive end. But, um, like you said, I mean, that's just kind of what he's looking for. And I don't even know. Um, it's kind of sound like the Pistons might, I, I can't remember who I read said it, but it kind of sounds like the Pistons might not even trade him. Uh, it's kind of leaning that way. That also might be sort of, you know, posturing from the organization to try and get people to up their ass. But, um, Miles Turner is definitely interesting. I mean, it, it's interesting in the fact that, you know, the Lakers have been trending so much towards, uh, a small ball style play. I mean, even just last night. Even with AD around, they were deploying the uh, LeBron at the five center lineup. Um, also interesting, given the fact that LeBron was a game time decision and they're having him play center in the game. But hey, that's just a sign that LeBron's doing uh, doing well health wise, uh, so, or so we hope. But yeah, I mean, it would be kind of interesting because they would kind of have to start reverting back to at least somewhat of a uh, you know bigger lineups uh, style of play more types of like uh drop coverage if you got miles turner and uh ad in there at the same time but yeah like you said he would be a huge boost to uh the back line athleticism department um i don't think there would be a better uh, front court uh in terms of defense in the nba uh between ad and miles turner uh possibly on the court at the same times or even you know offset a little bit uh, both guys always are ranking high in uh, blocks per game every single season. I feel like Miles Turner is probably ranking the highest in terms of like past five years or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. But yeah, like you said, who knows like what the Pacers are asking for? Um, I mean, we only have you know one first round pick we can trade, and if that uh, if the deal you know gets up to two first round picks, and we're automatically eliminated. So. I don't know, Hani or Walden. I don't know. What are you guys thinking about that? I think, uh, I think from an asset perspective, it might be realistic. There's a lot of good players getting traded right now for not a whole lot uh, of a return between like Norman Powell, Karis Levert. I think it's possible that the Lakers could manage enough uh, sort of assets to get Miles Turner. I just don't know how realistic it would be that. Uh, and I know they've, they've been rumored and, and there have been kind of talks about them being interested, but I don't know how realistic it would be for them to actually acquire him or want to acquire him. Um, and there's two reasons for that. One, kind of what I talked about with Pirtle of like, that's a lot of money to be investing in a front court when your backcourt is also an issue. Um, and, you know, it's, there's the opportunity cost of when you go into the offseason of, of trying to find a way to fix up some of those holes and not having any money because you've invested, uh, I don't know, like $70 million into uh, your power forward and center positions when both of those dudes can play center um, is an issue. And then the second part of that is I think that would be the front office really, really catering to a, a style of play that Frank Vogel wants. Um, and uh, to be fair, it's a style of play that led them to a championship but I don't know how much the front office would actually do that when Vogel doesn't seem to be very trusted and could be on his way out. And, you know, the next coach coming in might not want to, uh, you know, all-star level centers when, when he wants to play AD at the five all the time and, and play small or whatever. Um, it just kind of seems unrealistic for me that the, that the front office would make a decision that, uh, kind of seems to be a lot more geared to Frank Vogel's style of play when when they seem to want to get away from that. Yeah, um, I, I'm of the mind that they do need to start 
they need to start targeting. They need to start gathering contracts. Um, and we talked about that earlier, like that do extend beyond like it doesn't have to necessarily be into like the future future. But I I do want them to start getting those contracts around like 15, 17 million dollars because they're so useful in like future trades. You know, that's I wish that they would have been able to hold on to a few people to get those kind of what they did. But they ultimately cast them in for us. But it's it's like that trade itself is the reason why I want them to try to look at guys like. I didn't mention him in my trade, but like a Terrence Ross make like twelve million, or like the Miles Turner make like seventeen. Um, I mean, Gary Trent make like sixteen. Um, you can combine those contracts with like minimums and then flip them for like the ideal like athletic uh, third, fourth player you want contributing to the squad, and you won't have to struggle around the trade deadline to find like deals like they are now. They they've. It's not. I don't think it's so much that their deals aren't like people don't want the players. They don't have a lot to trade. They don't have like a lot to trade like for people. Like they don't have the money. I guess that's the plainest way you can put it. Um, Tht makes what nine million going into ten million next year. Yeah, I think it's yeah. nine. Yeah, and then you got none making five and five. So that after that is like rust, and then it's all minimums. So they got to definitely get like some more money on the books, even if it does mean um, not. I, I can't say taking back a contract because I do want them if they do get a contract, it will be somebody who's probably useful. But I do want to see them uh, if they can like if they can like get a, a Miles Turner who will probably still have like intrigue if like a Bradley Bill become available at some point or. um a Dane, you know what I'm saying? You'll have like the money to move around versus trying to, you know, last minute things around and be caught in a situation like they are now. Yeah. Even going big on big with like Miles Turner AD, I'm cool with that. I think, because I think the most important thing too is whether it be the trade deadline or in the offseason, they're going to have to get back to the, the philosophy that they had in 2020 of, um, well, shoot, I don't know, because they're supposed to be getting a new coach. Um, So scratch that. Well, I will. Say, well, I will say like I don't know. That was a good point by Hania in terms of like trading for Miles Turner would be something like that would fit Vogel's scheme, and who knows if the Lakers really even care about that at this point uh, in terms of the front office. Right. Who knows if they care <laughs> what Vogel wants? Yeah. I would say probably not. But uh, I was kind of thinking. I bet or Anthony Davis would be pretty in favor of them trading for Miles Turner, considering his affinity uh, he had not too long ago for them wanting to sign DeAndre Jordan. Um, I mean, he obviously just loves to have another big around. Uh, I feel like he's, you know, verbally said like he's fine with this small ball style play of him just essentially being uh, the only big on the court. But I also at the same time could see him wanting uh, someone like Miles Turner. But yeah, uh, that's why kind of the more I think about it, Gary Trent Jr. really does kind of um, interest me because he does have those additional years on his contract. Um, I think he would be under contract for like next season and the season after, or maybe just next season. Mm -hmm. Uh, but even then that's like, you know, that's another negative in terms of trading for Jeremy Grant, uh, cause he's on an expiring contract and Lord knows like, you know, with the reports about all the, um, the offensive role he wants to have on whatever team he's on in the future kind of seems like he would almost certainly uh, be gone after, you know, three months of playing with the Lakers. So it's definitely interesting. Um, I don't know. Is there any other guys like you guys are thinking that we haven't even mentioned, Um, even if it's not realistic? I don't know. Uh, I I, I really would. I like Eric Gordon, another guy. Um, This man, big old if. If what we seen last night, is going to be something that Westbrook despises. And he just like, you know what? I don't think it's going to work out for me or you. Let's uh, let's find me a new home. If if that came to fruition, then I, I would be open to uh, a wall and Gordon um, for Westbrook and uh, whoever they have to throw in to make it work. Because, like, I mean – the response is always, why do that trade, you know, because of Gordon's age, Wall's age. 
Like, man, we just traded for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> like, we that when we when they made that move, guys, I'd like threw everything out the window. Like, that's why I don't really care about the 2027 pick talk. Or like we just mortgaged, we just mortgaged like everything already. Like that trade has put them in more dire straits than what they can do going forward, in my opinion. Because you you just traded for you literally traded for, for somebody that nobody is gonna like. I don't even know if people are gonna want rest like expiring contract, but we'll see. That could all change. That's the good thing about that. But still, it's like that was a lot just to do that. So I mean, everything's on the table, really. I think it's. I mean, I think it's possible. I, I, you know, Russ has been traded what three times? In the yeah, last I was going to say years. the same thing. Like, that's an untradeable contract that's been traded three times, <laughs> and it's already been traded for John Wall. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, um, no, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting, but I think you know, Russ fit kind of the the idea that the Lakers have of preserving their cap space for. Um, after next season and we talked about contract lengths and stuff like that and not having um, salary ballast for you know and it kind of goes back to this past offseason um, you obviously want those movable contracts I think it was Walt that said you know for a, a big contract like not a Russell Westbrook but a, a player that makes that kind of money right um, and you need that and that's why you know that was kind of why letting Alex Crusoe go was another layer to that was was so frustrating was because you know that 10 to 50 those 10 to 15 million dollar contracts kind of really help when you're trying to make a, a splash move for a, for a big time player so um, so yeah but I think with this trade deadline I think one thing is for certain and kind of why I like Miles Turner is because he fits into the whole the Lakers are keeping their books clean after next season. Like the only contract that they have guaranteed on, um, on the books for the 2023, 2024 season is Anthony Davis at 40 million. So, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker has a player option that year, um, but it's Lakers trade him. Obviously it's, kind of a, uh, you don't have to worry about that, but, um, if you get, I don't know, I, I think the Lakers are going to try and preserve that cap space because you would think that LeBron will probably resign and then they would probably have money still for a, a third guy. Um, and you can kind of hand pick right more than just look at that, like the trade market and who's available and what you can realistically get. Um, as we, I mean, as we learned with Anthony Davis trade, right? Like it's, it's not always just about having like the, the necessary pieces. You have to outbid other teams at the same time. So um, I think the Lakers keeping their kind of window open with free agency, I think is, is a smart move, but um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see kind of which direction they go just because um, you know, they're in such a win now state, right? So it's almost like even planning two years ahead, you know, it's kind of a fine line for them to walk. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect with, with this deadline. Uh, you know, going back to Jeremy Grant, I mean, the Pistons, there's not a lot of suitors, I think, out there for for him. You know, one team that's been linked is the Wizards, but the Wizards have also been linked pretty heavily to Sabonis uh, from Indy. And uh, Adrian Wojnarowski had mentioned um, earlier today after the, the Cleveland trade with, with Levert that – Indiana was in talks um, to move Turner and, and Sabonis both um, didn't mention specifics or anything, but um, if Sabonis goes to Washington, I just, I don't know how many teams realistically can go get Grant or where, you know, where it would fit. So I think the Lakers have a shot, but the thing that kind of hurts them is uh, Detroit doesn't have to trade Grant, right? There's two years left on his deal. I don't know. I don't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. If he has like an option or something after this year, but I don't think they have to trade him. Like they could wait till next year, and maybe, you know, the the market's better. I don't know. Maybe it's worse. Who knows? It's it's kind of a roll of the dice. But, uh, you know, it's it's tough. There's just you have to outbid other teams, and the Lakers don't have like a lot of movable contracts in that regard, and obviously don't have the picks either. So it's it's going to be tough. But if they can get some kind of player. Um, that can fit into the rotation and bring up bring something of value and kind of plug a, plug in one of those holes in, in the roster. Um, I think that that would really help and uh, would give the Lakers a much much better chance uh, when the playoffs roll around. So, um, any other trade ideas from you guys before we uh, kind of wrap this thing up? 
not a firm trade idea, but a name that just popped in my head while we were doing this, and I thought it would be kind of funny. Uh, Victor Oladipo hasn't played at all this season. He's apparently supposed to be back in February. Uh, the Heat are uh, basically tied for first in the East right now. Um, I think they're technically second on, on win percentage, but no games back. Uh, I think there's a chance that they might not really want to add Oladipo to that team, considering how, how well they've, they've matched so far and be kind of tougher to kind of fit him in. He could be out for cheap and, and as a flyer. I don't really know what he provides to the Lakers other than as like a secondary ball handler. Maybe they want Kendrick Nunn back. I don't know. But uh, just just the name. He's only on like a $2 million salary. It's kind of, uh, I think, the same sort of deal that Kendrick Williams is on. So That'd be a wild trade. Like two players that haven't played this year get traded for each other <laughs> and one of them goes back to the team he literally just left. Uh, yeah. I love it. And then and then use Old Depot to get Miles Turner. So then Old Depot goes back to the Pacers. It's, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. And then they'll trade him back to Orlando, and uh, <laughs> everybody just goes back to where they they started, essentially. So. Back in Indiana for some reason, like uh, <laughs> back in Indiana, the University of Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys don't have any other trade ideas, I'm going to finally, uh, Hani, I think it was Hani, before we went on, uh, tasked me, gave me a challenge to acquire <laughs> two different Garys. Uh, so Gary Harris and Gary Trent Jr. had to come up with a trade, a three-team trade that had them both end up with the Lakers. So here it goes. Not saying this is realistic, um, but it's uh, it makes a lot of sense for me. And the Lakers. So um, the trade would be the Orlando Magic receive Russell Westbrook. The Toronto Raptors receive Markel Fultz and Kendrick Nunn. And the Lakers receive Gary Harris, Gary Trent Jr. And two former Lakers. Whoa. Svi Mikhailuk and Isaac Bonga. I'm in. Call it in. I'm so in. Let's call let's call Rob Palenka. I got, I got him on speed now. I'm just saying, when this trade breaks before Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, I want I want a little bit of credit for it. That's all I'm saying. And then Gary Payton Sr. is coaching us next year. Uh, oh, got, the other the other end of that. I was gonna say we can yeah go get uh what what's his, the nickname the mitten from yeah, Golden State. Yeah. Okay. I will I will work on that um, and I will. Maybe I'll tweet it out. I'll, I'll work uh, GP2 back into the uh, the trade, and we'll we'll just get three Garys. Is, is Gary Neal still around anywhere? Uh, <laughs> probably hanging out with, like, Boris Diaw or something. I don't know. <laughs> I hear that name in ages. Uh, uh, seriously. <laughs> I, I, I was on basketball reference trying to look up how many Garys are in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking on. According to Stat Muse, uh, we've named them that are currently in the NBA. We've, we've named them all. We got them all. Perfect. All right. Well, I'll work on on getting all of them in, and uh, and then we'll be set. We'll two, be title contenders again, and there will be no issues with the roster whatsoever. Two out of three on yeah, the Lakers ain't bad, bad, man. Oh, I'm gonna make it three out of three. Trust me. I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna go get the mitten. We'll get them in there. We're gonna hire uh, Terry Stats next year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Stotts. Uh, well, yeah, name him Gary, Gary Stotts. We're going to trade, trade for, for Larry Terry, Terry Rozier. <laughs> Scary Gary Rozier. That's funny because um, I was looking at Blazers related. I was looking at uh, some news about Justice Winslow, and he said his name was was or is actually Justin, but his little brother could not pronounce it, and he just like Justice, so say he never changed it i don't know what what's that all about but i was like that's crazy that's insane yep <laughs> yes, <that's laughs> really yeah, people just do any old thing what's a name anyway you pretty much go by what you want to go by man <laughs> yeah uh i was gonna start going by bronald but now i can't so <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of trademark is that freaking Bronny copyrighted it on me you think they're gonna they're gonna trademark Legary? <laughs> him and LeBron be having some crazy weed conversations. Man. I know they do. 
All right, fellas. Uh, any other trade ideas before we before we get out of here? Nah, I think that's it. We're all tapped out. Yeah. Lakers, right, Lakers well, will do that to you. Yeah, I mean, even you know, after an overtime win where the Lakers what blew a nine point lead in the last couple minutes, seven point lead with like a minute and change left. Gotta love it. Yeah, even when we win, man, it can't be easy. So uh, I wouldn't expect the trade deadline to be any less. I mean, if the Lakers pull off a trade, they're going to make us wait till like the last 12 seconds of the trade deadline probably. So, um, or it'll just go into overtime like, you know, a quarter of our games have, have done this year. So we'll, we'll get an extension on the deadline and we'll we'll fit it in there. So I don't know, but the trade deadline is, I mean, a lot of, you know, some stuff has already happened. Like I mentioned, the Karis LeVert trade has already happened. So I don't know uh, if there's going to be some more fireworks after that, but hopefully the Lakers get in on the action and can improve the roster a little bit um, and give a healthy LeBron and AD uh, a better shot in the playoffs. Because, you know, as, as frustrating as this team has been and the injuries have been really annoying, I still don't think teams want to see a healthy LeBron and AD in the playoffs. So hopefully we can get them some some reinforcements and, and give them a real shot at this thing. Um, so, all right. Well, that is going to do it for us. Uh, Hani, Walt, Donnie, thank you guys all so much for taking time out of your Sunday. Um, I know, you know, it was either this or watch the Pro Bowl. So uh, options were very limited, uh, but I'm glad we got together and c- could do this. It's always fun to talk about the trade deadline. It's always really exciting, especially for the NBA. Um, it's probably the, if I'm not mistaken, probably the best sport. Uh, as far as the trade deadline goes and acquisitions and all that stuff, it's uh, it's super fun. So hopefully the Lakers don't break our heart and do something dumb and uh, we can improve this roster and have a fun uh, last two months of the season. So, all right, well, uh, we're going to get out of here, but thank you guys so much for listening. And to the three of you gentlemen, thank you for, for joining me and I'll let you guys get back to your Sunday. But until next time with Hani, Walt and Donnie, this is Gary Kester and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out to Mike Moose Muscala.